You are listening to the Dylan Taunts Podcast. Hey everyone. In this edition of What Is It About Bob Dylan, resident Dylan Taunt, Ern Callahan, interviews Anne-Marie Mai of the University of Southern Denmark. They were both attending the World of Bob Dylan Conference in 2023. I'll let Ern introduce Anne-Marie, and I'm sure you're really going to enjoy this one. I'm with Anne-Marie Mai, who is currently the Chair of Humanities at the University of Southern Denmark, a board member of the Dillon Institute. You are published, among other works, many other works on Dillon. You have a chapter in Dillon in the 21st century, and we're in that book together, yeah. um, called Behind Every Beautiful Thing. There's been some kind of pain, melancholia in Dillon's songs and paintings. Dylan as a challenge to modern literary studies, which is fascinating. Uh, Dylan the poet and new approaches to Dylan. So welcome and thank you for agreeing to sit with me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So what is it about Bob Dylan? I think simply it's he's the most important artist of our time. <laughs> uh, I think it's that way. Um, he, he managed uh, to get a complex experimental lyrics uh, make that accessible to a very very large audience a kind of poetry that is so difficult actually to understand but nevertheless uh, it means a lot uh, to a broad broad audience and uh, so I see him as uh, the the most important artist of our time and often when I give lectures on uh, Dylan I try to underline to the listeners well this, you, you should compare this to be living at the same time as Mozart or Beethoven, because think of if you had had the possibility to, to go to a concert with Mozart, that would have been thrilling, <laughs> and more than that, and that's the same with Dylan. You live in the same period as Dylan. You, you see him, you can go to his concerts, you, uh, the future will, will think of you as you are very, very lucky. <laughs> That's something that um, I, Nina and I talked about when I talked with yeah. her, Nina Goss, um, when I talked with her, she said when the inevitable and unthinkable happens, mm. we are the people who have lived, at the, you know, that he yeah. dies we're, or stops touring, yeah. that we're the people who have been able to experience that. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. I, I compared him to Shakespeare with a colleague a, long, a while back, yeah. and my colleague <laughs> laughed at me. It was pre-Nobel Prize, but my colleague laughed at me, and I said, just wait. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I think he would have liked that <laughs> indeed to be compared to Shakespeare. And I think you're right, as uh, Shakespeare did something um, new and uh, everlasting uh, with the drama, uh, Dylan has done something new and extraordinary with uh, the song tradition. So what was your entry point to Dylan? Yeah, uh, when I was young, I, was, I wasn't interested in Dylan. It was a time of punk music, so I was much more into punk music than into Dylan. Uh, I, of course, I realized he was there and uh, listened to some of it. But, um, but then I met my future husband, and he had written a collection of uh, poems on Dylan. So, of course, I had to read that. Uh, I have read some of his other books, uh, but um, 
but this uh, the, his his poems on Dylan, I hadn't read them, so I started and I realized this is interesting. I better check that out more <laughs> thoroughly than just uh, saying this is something for elder brothers, elder family members, or something. It could be something for me too. So I I started uh, there. That was uh, how I got interested in Dylan. That was because of his poems mm-hmm. that I realized. This is something. So he wrote poems about Dylan? Yeah, he wrote okay. a collection of poems uh, on, on Dylan. Oh, wow. Yeah, a, a very small collection, uh, and it's actually uh, translated. It's a, He has a bilingual edition now. I was going to ask, is yeah. it translated, and, and yeah. where can I find it? Or uh, it's a, it's find with it? his, uh, yeah, it's a small publisher, but it's a bilingual uh, edition called Dylan Forever. And his name is Klaus Hück. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so he, he did this collection, and that made me interested. Okay. <laughs> what was it about the collection that, that grabbed you, though? Um, I thought uh, it's, it's obvious that, uh, that what Klaus is interested in is the existential part of Dylan, and mm-hmm. he captures this so beautifully in his poems and uh, um, talks about... Uh, Yes, in one of the poems of wandering uh, under the Dylan sky uh, and the whole uh, uh, light and atmosphere of his mm-hmm. life is lightened up by mm-hmm. by Dylan. So, um, so we share that. That's we came to share it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't part of it at first. Um, that's one of my favorite lines from Tambourine Man: "To dance beneath the diamond sky yeah. with one hand waving free" is just such a beautiful image, and that's yeah. what what you just said reminded me of that. Yeah, he took that image and made the, the Dylan sky. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so. beautiful. So your PhD is in Nordic literature, and your research focuses on. It's so vast, and I only listed a few <laughs> things here. Uh, Danish literature, yeah. contemporary Nordic literature, the history of Nordic women's literature, and the yeah. history of the Scandinavian Enlightenment, among many other yeah. interests, including yeah. medicine. Yeah, and yeah, it's medicine, too. Yeah, yeah. it's just fascinating. You're, you're quite impressive and accomplished. Intimidating a little bit. <laughs> um, oh, I had several years to do so. <laughs> how do these areas inform your work on Dylan? Um, it started out um, because uh, I read this uh, collection of poems uh, by my husband, but uh, I was interested in, uh, before I even met him, I was interested in his poems because they are part of a breakup in uh, contemporary Danish literature or um, recent, uh, conte- recent literature uh, mm-hmm. back in the 60s, 1960s, something new happened in Danish poetry. And I started this, and that was how I uh, discovered um, that uh, Dylan is very important to this new uh, trend in, in, in Danish literature around the mid-60s, it, the way that they changed. Uh, the, the Danish literature is very much, at that time, into high modernism. Mm-hmm. And then comes Dylan with something <laughs> new, <laughs> and everybody among the young poets realizes so he has an enormous influence on on poetry from that time and it's even it's both uh, women writers and male writers and everybody is taken in by this poetry so that is um, uh, that's how things begin to connect uh, because I, I realized that if I had to understand this new trend in Danish poetry this uh, break up from high modernism in the mid 60s I had to understand the influence of Dylan, so I had to uh, to uh, not just read the poems of my husband, but also listen to his music and to his song texts, uh, lyrics, and uh, try to find out. 
So your entry was through poetry? Yeah, uh, it was through the influence of the Beat Poets mm -hmm. and Dylan mm -hmm. in Danish literature. I was going to ask, um, because it's interesting, we were having this conversation last night that Court Carney, yeah. who's a colleague, he's a historian, and he said that Grayley Heron and I focus a lot on lyrics, yeah. and we're both um, lit folks like you are, yeah. and that's how I came to Dylan, was through yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, did in, I was going to ask you first the trend we moved from high modernism to in Denmark to to kind of beat poetry yeah, or so break up right, from high modernism. Right, yeah. and so I was going to ask, was Dylan the, the entryway to the beats, or were the beats first the entryway to Dylan in, in Denmark? Uh, both ways, I think, um, because uh, Dylan visited Denmark uh, for the first time in 1966, okay, and several young poets were there, and. Uh, uh, one of the young, uh, very influence, uh, later on very influential musicians was there too, and he immediately said, this has changed everything. This is a whole new way of being on stage, mm -hmm. of uh, performing, um, of uh, using, um, yeah, the whole scenography. That was so new, uh, mm -hmm. and everybody was uh, taken in by this. And um, so 66 uh, was an Im important turning point because he came here first, uh, he came to Denmark and uh, gave this uh, uh, wonderful concert that mm -hmm. uh, had influence on a lot of young people, long, young artists, young musicians, young poets, and yeah, even the, <laughs> the, the first one who did uh, kind of uh, rock, uh, rock and roll poetry in Danish um, very influenced by Bob Dylan, Ike Scalu. Uh, he was he was actually invited backstage, but he was in prison, so he couldn't come. He had had enough cartics in his possession, mm -hmm. so he was in prison, close to where Dylan stayed in in Helsingør, where he wanted to stay because mm -hmm. he wanted to be close to Kornborg and to Shakespeare's Hamlet's castle. Mm -hmm. So. And um, but but it's wonderful that how he describes being in prison and knowing now things are happening right now in Denmark and I can't be there. <laughs> oh, but the, a lot of others were there and described it as a kind of new way, new scenography, new lyrics, new way of uh, performing. Was there interest in Dylan? pre-electric, before Dylan went electric in Denmark? Uh, he was known, but, mm -hmm. uh, but this was a breakthrough, definitely. Yeah, of course. Uh, it, and he also went to, to, to Sweden um, in that, uh, on that tour to Stockholm, and that was also a very important uh, concert that mm -hmm. he gave up there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this was, that was really seeing him and being able to see him was yes. tra transformational. And, sort and of he was, when he was there in 66, the first, he was very, very interested in visiting Kronborg, the castle of mm -hmm. Prince ha Hamlet. Yes. So he went there and he went up where the ghost of the father, uh, Hamlet's father, <laughs> is seen in Shakespeare mm -hmm. to, tr to just feel the atmosphere of it. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so Dylan has often asserted about his songs, and about songs in general, mm -hmm. um, that they are not meant to be read, mm -hmm. but to be heard. Yeah. Uh, most notably, perhaps, he says that in his Nobel uh, acceptance lecture, but also most recently yeah. in the philosophy of modern song, and he yeah. equates it to a police officer reading Lenny Bruce's yeah. act in court. There's no, there's no meaning behind it. Yeah. And so is it possible to study Dylan's lyrics as poetry without the music? Um, yeah. I think it's possible, but I don't. I, I bring in the music, and the music is with me when I uh, read and uh, listen to and study the lyrics, so I won't try to 
to close out <laughs> the music mm-hmm. that would have no meaning to me but but uh, of course I can focus on the texts um, right. so um, uh, and to 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 study the also his different variations of the text they are they change over time sometimes <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and um, but but I, um, I I won't leave out the music uh, and I, I do understand why it's important for him to say you, you just can't read it like you read a novel. It's uh, the art form is um, it's uh, a song. It's a song text. It's a ballad and so on. So uh, I, I I don't leave out the music. And I also think it's interesting talking of, of the uh, beat poles and Dylan's relation to the beat poles. They were also interested in performing with mm-hmm. music, although. Ginsburg wasn't that successful <laughs> as he had hoped to. Right. I witnessed one of his concerts in, uh, he gave a concert in the 80s in Denmark. Uh, quite remarkable. Uh, we'd mm-hmm. never seen anything like it except perhaps Dylan back in 66. What, so what, what, did he, what did he do? Did he play with a band? Was it a jazz uh, he ensemble? Had his, uh, he had his partner, uh, Peter Olowski, along mm-hmm. with him on stage. And it was very, very, very very strange because uh, he was introduced by a Danish poet who really appreciated both Dylan and uh, Ginsburg and he was such an admirer he couldn't hardly speak he was starstruck he simply creeped out of the <laughs> stage and uh, Ginsburg looked at him as if he was something very strange in <laughs> intermezzo but uh, then he started to he, he actually sang and performed with a kind of a with music um, uh, from Howl. Okay, I was going to ask if he did Howl. Yeah, he did Howl, and there was Peter Olofsky too, dressed in a bathing suit and a bathing ring around his stomach <laughs> on stage, and we had we hadn't seen anything like it. Yeah, but it was uh, it, it was a great experience, and um, uh, also uh, meant a lot to several Danish uh, poets and authors. Some of them even were so lucky as to meet him on the train in Jutland, where he t- he left um, the city where he gave his concert, and mm-hmm. uh, he left by train. And one of the young poets uh, met him on train, and he was uh, taken in and and could hardly speak. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> so. I would be starstruck too, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And but but Ginsberg wasn't very kind to mm-hmm. him because he had bad teeth. He grew up in the country and it w- his teeth were very poor. So Ginsburg said he should get something done about his teeth. How awful. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't kind at all towards this young man with teeth that wasn't so great because he had grown up in a poor condition. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I find it interesting that folks like that, um, there's so many... Like, I met Edward Albee in a grocery store at yeah. midnight. <laughs> and I said, I turned around and I said, oh my God, it's Edward Albee. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, are you Edward Albee? And he said, I am. Who the hell are you? Yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> wasn't very kind. After I'm that, he was gracious, but I just think he was just, yeah. he was bristly, he was bristly at first. Yeah. But I feel like maybe it's annoying for them because so many yeah. people appreciate them I can't imagine being Bob Dylan and having no people and I, I talked to the uh, the curator of the exhibition uh, of paintings in Copenhagen that uh, Dylan did mm-hmm. several years ago and uh, he was invited to, uh, to visit Dylan uh, in his uh, studio and to look at the paintings and mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was warned 
before going there, don't praise it in any way. Don't say anything positive about it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that Dylan said to him, what is wrong with these paintings? And uh, the, oh. the, the, my friend there, he said, oh, nothing, but let's have a look at it and choose some of them. And they got along very well. That's uh, nice. Yeah, they got along very well. I think that's the thing that, you know, he's probably inundated with people who think he has all of the answers. Yeah. And I don't think he does, but I wonder sometimes, and here's a, a question that I'll just throw in, what would you say if you met him? What would you ask him? I don't think I would ask him anything. I would just uh, say, I appreciate all that you have done, mm -hmm. <laughs> because um, it would be difficult to, to ask questions. Uh, uh, but. And it would also be difficult to say so because mm -hmm. that would he he listened to that all the time. People right. say that to him all the time. But nevertheless, yeah. you might find the right expression that day to say it in the right way. Yeah, I might be starstruck like that poet on the stage with Allen Ginsberg. Yeah, me too, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. The the uh, director of the art museum uh, that organized this uh, exhibition of paintings. Um. On the, one of the concerts that Dylan gave in Denmark, a very small concert with only 2,000 uh, participants, uh, he was invited backstage because he organized this. Mm -hmm. And I think that meant something to Dylan, being recognized as a painter. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, just introduced, uh, was introduced to Dylan, and, and very, very short encounter, but nevertheless he said that he liked this uh, a place where the concert took place and he, he thought it was very nice and he enjoyed the evening so that was all <laughs> but oh that's uh, great too <laughs> I have a friend a dear friend um, who passed away uh, my friend Carrie Winscott who jumped on stage oh. at a Dylan concert wow and before he was hauled off he just shook his hand and said thank you yeah and then I said oh I would ask him something about where's the best fishing in Minnesota, you know, just something oddball that might get him talking or yeah, ask yeah. him about baseball because he loves baseball. Nothing he, about the music or no, the poetry, just no. something, you know, <laughs> out of the ordinary. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I do have a contact with the dinner's manager, Jeff Rosen. Mm -hmm. I, I write, if some time to time I ask him a question or write to him and, and, and he's mm -hmm. very kind. I also visited him in, in New York. Mm -hmm. in a very old curiosity uh, shop-like uh, <laughs> uh, office with all kinds of uh, gramophones and uh, TV sets and all kinds of strange things. That seems fitting for Dylan's manager, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed, <laughs> and, and, and he's kind, but there's also mm -hmm. definitely a limit uh, to what I can ask. Right. Um, I discovered, and I'm going to mention that in uh, my paper uh, Saturday, that um, I talk about time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, in Chronicles, Dylan um, mentions that he is interested in a special brand of watches called Bulleva, mm -hmm. but he spells it otherwise. He spells it Baliva. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think of that passage in uh, Philosophy of Modern Song where he's talking about, I think it's it's Elvis Costello, Pump It Up, Yeah. where he's talking about people buying Rulexes, R-U-L-E-X, and he, he misspells it on purpose because he's talking about knockoffs and how wealthy yeah. people wear knockoffs to, yeah. so their Rolexes don't get stolen. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if that was intentional. Yeah, that's also, uh, because I, I really wanted, and uh, um, so I simply um, 
asked uh, dear Frozen, do you think this is a kind of typo or is it on purpose or what? I don't know, he said. Um, <laughs> and I, then I got more courageous and said, could you ask the author? <laughs> and what was his response? <laughs> he answered, uh, no, he won't remember what he wrote uh, 20 years ago. You can't expect that. So that was the answer. But the more I think of it, and you mentioned this uh, Rolex, Rolex, uh, mm -hmm. I think it is a kind of, uh, it's deliberate. Mm -hmm. That he spells it like that, Bolivar. I, you know, when I when I teach writing, I tell my students that you know when we're reading something, like the author is the god of this world, yeah, and they pour over it so much and they yeah. edit and revise, just like they're the they're yeah. doing with their own papers. So it has to be intentional, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Yes, I do think so. But I was a bit misguided by a Danish uh, a man in the Danish audience who said that he knew about this Bolivar watches. Mm -hmm. But um, there is no watch with right. such a name. It's Bulava, and yes. it was used during the uh, Second World War by American uh, soldiers. Mm -hmm. So it's it has a history, and also during the moon landing. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's it, the the strands, the connections are so fascinating. And of course, time is important to yeah. Dylan, as we see so yeah. many, you know, and change in time yeah. and uh, it, and revolution. It's so interesting the revolution of time. That's fascinating. I'm looking forward to your talk. Oh, yeah, I hope uh, it'll be. I try to, I'm interested in bringing the different art forms together mm -hmm. uh, the song texts, um, the paintings, and the new uh, philosophy of modern song. And I, I talk about a text, uh, uh, one of the lyrics that he uh, discusses uh, f the, the, the pop uh, song, mm -hmm. Feel So Good. Mm -hmm. Because it's also about time and time, the experience yeah. of time disappearing or what happens. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that panel with <laughs> Nina Goss and Robert Genio. It's a yeah, pretty so impressive. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an impressive panel. Um, so let's talk about, I, this kind of uh, segues into what you just said. Some of your work is focused on Dylan's visual art, in particular what drew your interest to that area. Yeah, it was because uh, um, it, it started with a Danish uh, ex exhibition mm -hmm. and it had a very mixed uh, uh, reception. Okay. There were a lot of arts uh, critics that were so critical and said, oh, the museum is only doing this because uh, they, want they want a large audience. Mm -hmm. They want uh, people to visit the museum so that they can have a lot of uh, visitors and uh, it's important for an art museum. And so there were very critical uh, voices, but there, were, there was also someone uh, that appreciated it. And among them uh, was a Danish uh, songwriter and musician and painter. And he said, this is great, I like it. Uh, it's, it's what I uh, mm -hmm. try to accomplish myself, to move between art forms. And I think it's, it's, it's important that you do so. And then, of course, I also noticed that um, the people at the uh, Danish uh, museum that invited Dylan, they are skilled. They are very, very good mm -hmm. art historians. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew that when they recommended it and did it, it was because they thought it had an artistic value. And then, of course, there was also the American ex um, uh, specialist in expression, ex expressionism mm -hmm. who wrote an introduction. Um, and yes. uh, it was clear that that I think it's. Uh, I think he is. Uh, it's it's interesting and it's great. Uh, of course, most important to me too is the the, the songs and the lyrics, but um, the paintings. Um, 
they they have a life in themselves, and I, I like his interpretation of uh, uh, American everyday life, uh, the shops, the streets, the um, motels that are closed, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, getting um, simply breaking down, and uh, the old cars, and the railways, and the uh, the highways, and so I think uh, it, it has something to it. There's a lot there, and this is my next question, but what you're saying kind of led me to the idea that, from my paper that yeah. I'm presenting Friday, that the monotony or the artifice of middle-class life in yeah. philosophy of modern song, yeah. one way, or there are two ways I argue yeah. that he says that we can break free of that, one is art, poetry, music, and the other is movement. And yeah. it seems that the payment, that this was a question that I had for yeah. you is, you know, what themes do you see in his visual work that you found in his lyrics? And what you just said made me think, like, well, this idea of movement. Yeah, 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 you're right. And also, uh, to me, it's important that um, uh, what he learned from painting is uh, that it's possible to break up the chronology of a song and to, mm -hmm. to mix different time windows or time intervals. And uh, he does so also in the paintings, so that's also the connection. Because in some of the paintings, it's also a confrontation between different times and mm -hmm. uh, different experiences of time. I think that's, uh, that's important. And in, also in a way of uh, maintaining a picture of a perhaps uh, an America that is disappearing. Yeah. The old uh, um, places that people met to play billiard or... or or listen to go to a dance or and it's also some of them are very dramatic <laughs> and some are melancholic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, studies of uh, melancholy and some of the drama and uh, even crime um, so I think it's uh, it's in the, uh, I, I also noted that in some of the series he uses uh, the red colors of his childhood Mm -hmm. uh, environment in uh, in in Hipping with all the red soil uh, from iron. Uh, Have you been to Hipping? Yeah, I and the mine, the pit. It has that yeah, those yeah. orange and red hues in it. Yeah, and this red color. It mm -hmm. was it in some of his painting. It it's, it reappears. There's mm -hmm. a painting called the. Um, is it called bamboos? Bam bamboo. Is that the the plant? Yes, bamboo. Yeah. And it's a harvest of this bamboo, and it's a major woman who has a knife in her hand, and mm -hmm. she cuts this, uh, these plants. Mm -hmm. And her body, that's uh, exactly the, the colors of the soil in, uh, in Hipping. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that I've was interesting. That painting. Uh, so, and it, 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 uh, it put a lot of in perspective to me to visit uh, both Duluth and uh, Hipping. Mm -hmm. We were in, I was doing research for my dissertation, yeah. we were in Minnesota, we were in Minneapolis, yeah. and the government shut down, so I couldn't get into the archives. Oh no. <laughs> so oh. We, we drove up to Hipping, and yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, we got to see the pit, his childhood home, we met a wonderful woman um, named Jean, who knew Dylan's cousin, and she yeah. called him, and he yeah. couldn't come over because he was yeah. busy, but it, was, it just felt like that, what you're saying about he's, his paintings are representative of a time past. Yeah. It seems like those communal things that we did together, like billiards yeah. or dances, it seems like those are the things that he maybe, yeah. not nostalgia, he rejects nostalgia, but he's representing. Yeah, yeah. He, it's not nostalgic. No. Uh, when I was in, in, in Hipping, I met the cousin of uh, Echo, mm. <laughs> a Finnish 
woman, <laughs> so so nice, and she she was uh, she even underlined. Well, I haven't made a great point of this, but but I'm I'm her cousin actually. I haven't seen her. <laughs> she was still alive then. I haven't seen her for for forty years, but but I am her cousin. Wow. So yeah, it's uh, it's also to me special because uh, uh, Minnesota and uh, Minneapolis and Hipping and Duluth is a place where many Scandinavian uh, came to live mm -hmm. uh, because of the cold weather. They could stand it in a way. Yes. Yeah, and I was also I um, I this uh, new photo of uh, Dylan's uh, old photo, but it's new to us. Turned up of his. Uh, grandmother, his mother, and his great-grandmother. Okay, I always thought you were going to say the one of him as a baby that's been circulating around that yeah, just came the, out. Yeah, the, uh, the one that just came out, where he's a baby, a, a small fat child <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the lap of his great-grandmother. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I knew that she came from Kaunas, and I had been to Kaunas mm -hmm. once to give a lecture on poetry, actually. In they have a festival for, uh, for poetry in Kaunas, and it's such a an interesting place because it's so it's very very old-fashioned they still harvest with uh, using uh, horses and very few cars and very very old-fashioned and his great-grandmother came from there from Kaunas. Interesting. Was there any were there any roots to Dylan when you were in Kaunas? No, no? Uh, nothing at all but um, Perhaps I'll discover and <laughs> get interested. <laughs> it's so interesting, interesting that his uh, on the the mother side it's from the Jews from from Kaunas and mm -hmm. is from Odessa. Yes. So it's a and so much is is focused on the Odessa side. Yeah, for, yeah. for some reason. But the Kaunas side, it's uh, I think they are very in Kaunas. They have a strong roots in folk tradition, folk poetry, folk tales, everything. Mm -hmm. Very old-fashioned place. Which is interesting because he's so rooted in folk culture. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it, maybe it's just in his DNA. I think it's strong uh, mm -hmm. to even today in in, in Kaunas and uh, this uh, relation to the old traditions, mm -hmm. and of course things change too there. But I was struck by seeing these horses doing the harvest. So, what are you currently working on, Dylan-related or non-Dylan-related? Uh, Dylan-related, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, and also something that is a little distant from from Dylan. But nevertheless, perhaps I I end up combining things. Uh, um, the University of uh, Aarhus in Denmark has a series of very very small books uh, called Thought Breaks. I don't know whether that's the right expression to take a break mm -hmm. and think. Okay. Thought break. Is that an, an English word? No. I don't know how you would say it, but I understand what you mean. You so take a break yeah. and you think, of, do some thoughts, have some thoughts during mm -hmm. this break. And we have this expression in Danish, tænkepause, thought break, a break for, for, for thinking. Well, if it's, not, if it's not a phrase, it is now. <laughs> You've <laughs> <Thank> created it. <laughs> and it's a very, very small booklet. It's only 32 pages. But nevertheless, uh, it, it it's very uh, it's difficult to write that short, and mm -hmm. to uh, it's 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 supposed to to be an introduction to uh, to Dylan and still be interesting for people who know a lot about Dylan. Okay. So that's very difficult. <laughs> and, it's a task. Uh, yeah, 
and uh, we we do the publisher and I we have a discussion on how to do things. They're very interested in all the small stories about it and all the anecdotes. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, they are nice, but <laughs> people who know Dylan, they know all the anecdotes. Right. And do you find? Are you interested or as interested in but his biography as you are his work? It's his work most of all, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but they are more interested in the biographical details. So we have to balance that and to and oh, only thirty two pages. That's not enough. It's not. So how do you balance that? I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try. I revise and revise and revise and. Uh, yeah, and then they comfort me and says, uh, the, the editor says, well, it's usually we do uh, eight times rewriting. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. well, we visions are up to the revisions. third by now, and I, I just wrote them um, before I, I came here. Well, I think I'll have a break from this uh, writing project and return when I've been in Tulsa, hopefully with more you'll energy. Have, you'll have a thought break. <laughs> yeah, thought break. I need a thought break to, to, to write this thought break. So that's one thing I do. And then I did a, a review uh, collecting all kinds of answers on how people use uh, Bob Dylan's uh, uh, songs and his uh, art. And uh, I need to, I had a lot of answers. It's extraordinary many up to through 2000 I think wow. from all over the world both many Americans many uh, Scandinavians but also from uh, Eastern Europe from uh, um, Poland Hungary and Finland and all kinds of, of uh, places so I had I have to find out how to use this the very best so I, I'm uh, I have a contact with some uh, mathematicians um, uh, at the, uh, the University of Southern Denmark. Uh, mm. They are into some kind of supercomputing, and they say that they might uh, get more out of the stuff than I can by just reading and making notes and so on. So I, I'll just wait to see what they come up with. If That's they can make a deep study into the answers uh, mm. of uh, how have, uh, have people used Dylan's songs and what, uh, why are certain uh, songs their favorites and so on. So That's really fascinating. So I have to do this in the uh, autumn uh, because it, I, it's, uh, we did it last year and it can't wait for mm-hmm. too long, but, but yeah. I thought I'd use these uh, uh, supercomputing people to, to help me. I'm interested to see, Dylan is, we, I mean, we're very Americentric. We, you know, we focus on him as being American. Yeah. But to see how folks in other countries, and particularly non-Western cultures, yeah. I would be interested to see, yeah. um, you know, m- I want to know more about how he plays in, in Japan, and, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that reaction there, and his, the favorites, and, and yeah. whatnot. I have answers from both uh, Japan and India mm-hmm. and Australia. Okay. So there's, uh, it's it's worldwide, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see what we can find out about it. Uh, most of the answers come from males. <laughs> that's obvious. Yes. Most uh, answers from males. So mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, that's a fact. <laughs> it is a fact, which leads me to my next question. Yeah. You're great at segues. Thank you. <laughs> So historically, Dylan's studies follows the norm of academia in that it has yeah. been male-dominated. Yeah. 
And so however many women such as yourself and mm-hmm. Nina Goss, Laura Tenshirt, Rebecca Slayman, Allison Rapp, and thankfully others yeah. uh, are finding their voices in the field. So what are women's contributions to Dylan Studies? Um, I think we come uh, from uh, st- strong literary traditions uh, and uh, often involving gender studies in some way or other. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our fate, <laughs> you should say. We can't... Uh, we can't skip this, and, and we won't skip it, uh, because it's important. Uh, I've written the history of uh, Nordic women's uh, literature, along mm-hmm. with 100 other uh, uh, researchers from the Nordic countries. Uh, we did a large online uh, edition of this. Uh, so, so, so at least I and several others, I think we come with some uh, inspiration from uh, women's studies, from gender studies. and. Um, and get to Dylan uh, in that way, and that can contribute to uh, perhaps to a re- also a renewal of Dylan studies. And I, I myself, I'm, I, I actually love giving lectures on Dylan to to uh, an ordinary public, because when I give a lecture on contemporary Danish literature or contemporary Nordic literature or history of Danish literature, it's an audience almost totally um, it's uh, women who who come to lectures on literature. And that's mm-hmm. different when I give a lecture on Dylan. They are the males and they actually come out and <laughs> discuss things and that's important. I think uh, it's so, so, so strange uh, to, to see this. I have another lecture on a Danish uh, author where uh, it's also males appear, but perhaps that's because I organize this a lecture so that it's it's about a poem on eating a certain lunch mm-hmm. consisting of different sandwiches. Okay. This poem is very, very famous in Denmark and, and when I give a lecture on this poem we serve the, the sandwiches and then the males come too. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come for food and dinner. They come for food and beer and <laughs> and a drink <laughs> and they come from, for Dylan and, and I, I it's, it's so so interesting. So I, I, I um, I like giving lectures on Dylan because I have this mixed audience where mm-hmm. men and women talk about why they're interested and uh, new things appear. Well, do you see that there are some more spaces for, for female voices in Dylan studies as we progress? Yes, I do. I do th- uh, think so and I do think it's important also to, uh, to, uh, to renew um, Dylan studies uh, from gender perspectives. I think it's interesting. We have a st- uh, large research project in the, uh, at my department on uh, masculinity in uh, contemporary Danish literature, and perhaps you should have a look at that too and mm-hmm. discuss the concept of masculinity or the concepts of masculinity in in Dylan's oeuvre. I think that could be so interesting. So. I think it was maybe a, last summer or the summer before, Laura Tenshirt on Definitely Dylan yeah. interviewed Rebecca Slayman, who yeah. is um, a Gen Zer. Yeah. And she was ta- they were talking about Dylan um, being queer friendly yeah. because he, he was just because of the way that he was projecting his masculinity yeah. in you know the early the, in the mid sixties when yeah. he plugged yeah. in. Yeah. And I found that to be fascinating because then when we look at um, I'm not there. Yeah. Kate Blanchett, play, a woman, yeah. plays that role, and so yeah. you can see that idea, the threads of that idea are there, that there are different yeah. types of masculinities that yeah. he's presenting. And uh, I think we, 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 uh, we actually miss that. Uh, uh, of course, um, 
um, a lot of uh, in a lot of studies, uh, Dylan is, is seen as uh, belonging to the uh, youth rebellion and mm -hmm. uh, spokesman for his generation and so on and so on. But but actually, the reaction towards a certain uh, masculinity dominated in mm -hmm. his parents and his grandparents' generations uh, should perhaps be be discussed more more directly. There is, and I know a few women who look at Dylan through the lens of gender yeah. point out the misogyny in his work. Yeah, and, and it's it's an old <laughs> story and it's complicated too. It is. Because there are certain song texts that you point to and see, there it is. Yes. And you could also, in some parts of his, um, his uh, radio theme hour, mm -hmm. there are some... Uh, yeah. <laughs> some some remarks that uh, perhaps uh, are very uh, yeah related to their time as you could say it mildly and then you know we see that in the criticism of philosophy of modern song as yeah. well yeah it, go ahead uh, yeah 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 you're right but but uh, some of the songs that uh, are seen as uh, full of misogyny uh, i I think it's it's more complicated than that. You can't decide. It's it seems so easy, but it isn't. Yes, I uh, agree. they are they are complex in a way that we perhaps should be interested in looking at. Complex in what way? I know what I, how I feel about them, but I'm you more don't know. In you. Uh, you actually don't know who. Uh, what is the the voice singing? Mm -hmm. How what. What is its gender relations? Right. The singing I, the singing the, the I of the song and the you of the song. It seems so easy, you could say. This is a man mocking at a, uh, making laugh at a woman or uh, looking down on a woman. But no, perhaps it's otherwise. It, it's, it's not that easy to decide uh, what, what gender should be uh, related to the, uh, the I of the song or the singer. I agree, and I also think that sometimes he is, in a way, especially in something like Witchy Woman, like he is elevating the idea of feminine power and the mystique yeah. of femininity, yeah. and so you're right, there's more complexity there that needs Much to be more. fleshed out. Yeah, because you, you, it's so easy to say this is uh, the eye you could, uh, of the song, you can identify it as a man, as a mm -hmm. male voice, but no. Mm -hmm. It could be <laughs> otherwise, and then all of the meaning changes. So that's uh, more complex, uh, I in my opinion, and 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 I think it would be interesting to, to um, to go further in this direction on on Dylan and gender, and not just end up with kind of a queer reading, but that because that's also interesting. But that's yes. in a way, it's so, <laughs> you can predict what it ends with, and you can that with many many uh, studies uh, inspired by queer, it's queer theories. They are important, but they are also a little bit predictable. Yeah, uh, In a way, you, you end right. up with, you, you know what you end up with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this ambiguity and mm -hmm. uh, uh, complex uh, gender, I, yeah. So I think you should do it more openly and uh, mm -hmm. without such a strong theoretical uh, approach, but, but Let's see what it is. Uh, let's see what uh, comes out of uh, just uh, looking at at uh, at uh, gender troubles. I agree. After Aras, Jim Salvucci encouraged us for the first world of Dylan. So it's Nina, Sarah Martinez, yeah. Jim, and I to look at Dylan, the characters in yeah. Dylan's yeah. songs, which yeah. was 
just a new playground for me. And so it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're and, right. And it just because he said I'm tired of looking at Dylan as a figure. Let's yeah. do something different. And yeah. I, I'm grateful to him for that because it gave me the idea to look at Dylan's. Um, the basement tapes as sort yeah. of a, an extraterritorial space in Dylan's career yeah, yeah, uh, right. in terms of recording, and I got to look at the, the female characters yeah. through that yeah. sort of Bakhtinian theory. And you said we need to leave theory behind, but sometimes yeah. I can't. <laughs> no, no, you, you shouldn't, but but uh, uh, you should, of course, and we, we bring on through you, we, we can't uh, <laughs> escape it, and we shouldn't, but, but perhaps we should open our eyes a bit. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I also took, and that was also after uh, the French uh, seminar, I got more and more interested in uh, the uh, Dylan and the ghosts. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting field and it, yeah. it has been become even more interesting after this Shadow Kingdom. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said about him going to Hamlet's castle and yeah, going yeah, to the Yeah, yeah. all the interest he has in, in ghosts mm -hmm. and uh, uh, why so and why is, is he... Uh, entering this, the ghost as a character, so um, yeah, and I think with Shadow Kingdom it was very very obvious that mm. he uh, he he's fascinated by ghosts and he almost wants wants to be one. <laughs> yeah, to embody that yeah, uh, yeah. presence. That's interesting. Are you going to do work on that? Uh, I included in the thought breaks. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I look uh, so and and I also we. Um, uh, we did. We do a contribution to an autobiographical uh, journal. Mm -hmm. uh, we we did a, a kind of small seminar on autobiography, and I uh, discussed uh, chronicles and mm -hmm. uh, also the the ghost theme in 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 relation to chronicles too. That's interesting. Will it be translated to English? Yeah, it is in English. Oh, wonderful! Uh, we, we we do it in a um, an, a, a journal for autobiographical studies. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I'll, I'll, as soon as we uh, we it's accepted and we work on it, and uh, I wrote about uh, his autobiography and included this uh, theme on ghosts and yeah, because it's also his autobiography is also so interesting. Yes, <laughs> to start it from. Shower and style and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you'll have to let me know when that comes out. Yeah, yeah, I will. Read it. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So, do you see a need for further diversity in the field of Dylan studies? Yes, it will come definitely. You can't okay. uh, <laughs> escape it, and uh, it's good that it is like that. Mm -hmm. And it is, I think. Uh, I'm also very interested uh, right now. I've been in uh, also. That's the other subject I work on. That's uh, Hans Christian Andersen. The study of Hans Christian Andersen get gets more and more diverse mm -hmm. uh, so and I think it's the same thing with Dylan more and more new approaches more and more new artistic uh, um, um, artistic studies artistic expressions of his art and mm -hmm. reinterpretation in new art forms and so on so I, I think the same thing will happen with Dylan do you think it'll be very much like um, there are civil civil war stagings of Othello and yeah. uh, Kabuki Macbeth and yeah. do you think we'll see that with Dylan as time goes on? Yeah, I think so. It will be so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I hope to, I, I think I, I might uh, try to organize a kind of uh, um, uh, 
seminar or workshop or maybe a small conference in Denmark on this masculinity issue. So I, I hope I can get in touch with you to exchange to. ideas and yeah. how could we do it. Uh, I think it's not that e it's not that difficult to get its uh, uh, funding for this in Denmark. So, well, let's do it. Yeah, let's a small workshop starting mm -hmm. out. Uh, I I know you are so advanced in this uh, uh, study here in the US, but 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 perhaps we could, yeah, yeah renew it in some way. Around. I bet Laura Temshirt would be interested in, yeah. in doing something yeah. as well. You find good speakers and mm -hmm. and invite them. It's uh, we have a, a Carlsberg Foundation. The, <laughs> the, the the firm that uh, um, uh, that does beer mm -hmm. they they have a large foundation <laughs> you might imagine uh, funding all kinds of uh, research projects and it's easy to get a conference funded from them that's so good and it'll bring men out because there'll be beer there yeah <laughs> yeah they always <laughs> bring in the beer <laughs> wonderful so what other music do you listen to and how does it relate to Bob Dylan yeah that's strange strange story because uh, and it's also connected to my husband. He's he's uh, a poet, and all mm -hmm. kinds of sounds are so important to him. Of course. When the birds start out in the spring, we have the, their sounds, and uh, um, they make it. They are very important to a lyricist, and all kinds of as a poet, all kinds of sounds. Yeah. So you can't just bring in sounds mm -hmm. into our home. Right. Of course, I can put on the headset and uh, listen to whatever I want, but in a way, it's his space of sound. Mm -hmm. So I just follow him. Okay. I just can't say, well, tonight I think we should have, a, we should listen to Lou Reed or we should listen <laughs> to uh, whatever. Um, uh, it's it's impossible because it would disturb him so much. So if I, I choose to listen to something else, I have to use a headset. Okay. And uh, I got used to, in a way, uh, following his uh, mm -hmm. stream of sound because it's so nice. Yes. Uh, he has a very good taste, musical taste, so we listen to all kinds of music. Uh, right now he's started all over again with Dylan, and when he starts on an artist, it's from the first to the last okay. CD or the last track and uh, so we, we worked our way through Mozart to <laughs> Beethoven through G uh, Keith Jarrett, he's also mm -hmm. very interested in American jazz music mm -hmm. and uh, and Dylan of course he wrote a, a book on Dylan and uh, Lou Reed and um, all kinds of uh, uh, music so uh, so but I have to I have to follow okay because uh, I, s I simply can't put it, uh, bring it into our room. It would disturb him so much because he's so, it's difficult to, to understand sound. how sound, that sound can be so important. But it is, it is, it's so, and, and he doesn't read much aloud to uh, audiences or anything. He, he reads his poems aloud, but, but it's seldom, it's more written poetry, but the sound, it's so important. Interesting. Yeah, and when he listened to, for instance, at the TV, to uh, speeches in, in languages he doesn't understand, he catches the sounds and they inspire him in some way I don't understand. Oh, wonderful. Perhaps it's like a musician that the sounds. Mm -hmm. So we, ha I, I just follow his uh, soundtrack. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was, 
ask my students an attendance question at the beginning yeah. of class, and I say, what would be torture for you? Yeah. And they ask me, I'm like, put on Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, a sat, like some music that, to me, would just be yeah. <laughs> miserable to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, me too, and, and that's not part of his soundtrack. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Uh, sometimes he picks up uh, kind of, a, we have a, a very interesting Danish pop group called Outlandish, uh, that uh, has members from different uh, ethnic backgrounds, and mm -hmm. they do wonderful stuff. And, and so that's also contemporary music that we listen to. Some pop is good, but yeah, yeah. there's most of it is awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, but but when I'm in my car, mm -hmm. I choose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, going for a ride on my own, but I must confess that I often choose. Uh, Dylan. So what is your, this is my last question, then I'll ask if there's anything else you'd like to share. Um, what is your favorite Bob Dylan memory? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it must be uh, the first concert that I uh, ever uh, experienced. And it was just after I, um, I wasn't, my, I just met my husband. We we were not in an uh, engaged or anything, but but we were interested in one another, and we were at the same Dylan concert in uh, Denmark, um, but um, we couldn't find one another. <laughs> so we, we knew I knew he was there. He knew mm -hmm. I was there. But we, there were a lot of people, and we didn't find mm -hmm. one another. And uh, it was um, uh, it was D Dylan was not in in very good mood mood because uh, Carlos Santana mm -hmm. played along with him. So it was the 80s? Yeah, okay. it, it was 84, <laughs> so it's a long time ago. Yes. And uh, uh, Dylan became a little bit jealous of Santana. It was obvious Santana was in a great mood. He played wonderful and the audience was excited with Santana. And then came Dylan and he was a bit a, a disappointment. Grumpy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a disappointment to the audience and he felt that immediately. So it wasn't he wasn't in a good mood, but right. it changed a bit because um, uh, it, it was rainy weather and we also got very wet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then all of a sudden there was this rainbow and there was a double rainbow over oh, the stadium oh, and he saw that too and that helped his moods. <laughs> he, he gets better and better humor. That, and that goes back to the importance of live performance because each yeah. audience is different. And so yeah. even though sometimes he plays the same set list, we were talking about this last night as well, it's a different performance dependent upon yeah. the energy between the performer and the crowd. Yeah. And clearly the energy was not good. It wasn't good at start because we were more enthusiastic with uh, Carlos Santana. Yes. And Dylan had a, a kind of opening Danish opening band uh, uh, coming from Funen, where I live, and uh, they were very popular folk musicians. Mm -hmm. And he got interested in them, and he actually asked them to join his tour, but they wouldn't. They said no. So oh, they <laughs> could have become world famous, <laughs> but they chose not to. <laughs> they chose to do their own stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I'd like to add uh, that I hope we can get on with this uh, uh, workshop. I do too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's stay in touch for sure and yeah. see who else we can bring in. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure I can get the fundings for That would be so fun. I've yeah. never been to Denmark. Oh, you should. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much, Emery, for sitting down and talk with, talking with me. I'm, I have interviewed now two women for mm -hmm. the Dylan Taunts, and I find that to be very important to find the space for us to talk about Dylan. Yeah. And yeah. so I appreciate your time. Oh, I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit stop.
Thank you for listening to the Dillentons Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to receive the Dillentons directly to your inbox. And please share on social media.